Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is the co-pastor of Northwest Bible Baptist Church and Dean of Students at Providence Baptist College, Brother Phil Cavanaugh. Thank you so much for joining us again. You can catch our other conversations with Pastor Cavanaugh uh, in uh, our YouTube channel and also our audio-only platforms as well. Last time we talked about marriages and marrying the right one, and we're going to change gears here a little bit and talk a little bit about some of the counseling you work you do with young people concerning technology and dangers with technology. Obviously, this is a very broad topic, and there's so many dangers with it. I'll just kind of turn you loose on maybe some instances or your experience. In what way has technology hurt our young people and hurt even you know adult members of our churches? Well, I think it's a uh, it's a reality of our day. Mm-hmm. You know, to a degree in Christianity, uh, sometimes we become isolationist more than separatist. And uh, I think we're called to be separatist, not isolationist. And if we're not careful, uh, we can stick our head in the sand and just say, no, 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 no. When the reality is you're not stopping certain things. And we we live in a world uh, where younger and younger uh, children are being exposed to uh, technology and really can navigate it in a way that is beyond where we even can navigate. Uh, I've seen I've seen babies in the just months old, not even a year old, that can navigate a tablet or a device, and you're like, yeah. how do they know how to do this? It's so intuitive. It's yeah. it just happens, and, yeah. and some of us, you know, uh, that may have not been around it really for a lot of our lives as a young as young uh, young people. Really, it's, we're a little behind in it to some degree. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so what it comes back to is how to handle it, the point of it. And really, a couple questions that have to be asked. And when there comes, I think there's a time where a parent uh, could say, okay, you know, you've proven yourself in certain elements. You need this. Um, and then there's times where they don't need it. You know, if they can't if they can't meet the certain requirements uh, of of living uh, with a certain level of character, then we better be really careful of ho- handing them, which what I personally believe would be like handing them a loaded gun. Uh, mm-hmm. Technology is absolutely dangerous and it's actually killing more people than handing our children loaded guns. And uh, mm-hmm. and statistics play that out. The, the detrimental effect of technology used as a toy versus a tool and Mm. if we if we understand that no this is a tool if you think about it as a tool it's absolutely amazing sure Uh, the technologically advances that happen what you can accomplish on the road with it i'm not talking about texting and driving (laughs) uh but just the on the road i mean think about the emails and the 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 programming and the computer work and there's so many things that are so far advanced i mean when i was in school we were still you know to a degree you had an option to use a laptop if you wanted to really but most people just hand uh wrote their notes and now it's voice everything you know and people use swipe on their keyboards on their phone and i mean it's just it's crazy how far we've come and and in so many other ways of course but really really understanding that this is as if used as a toy it's you're going to end up in trouble if you use it as a tool you can accomplish a lot 
I think your illustration about a loaded gun is perfect because, I mean, there are young people who are responsible enough to handle a gun, and it's only because they've been taught by their parents. It's some ex gun expert who knows the weapon and can teach them and can handle it with them and under adult supervision right. until they get old enough where you are, feel absolutely confident that, yeah, you can handle this without me being present. And yet we do the, we do the opposite when it comes to te technology. Number one, the parents handing the kid the cell phone, the parent is not the expert of that cell phone, doesn't know everything that it can do while the child does. And they give the ch child complete unmonitored access to it, which is just insane. And so I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's got to be benchmarks. You've got to prove yourself right. before you can even, yeah. even think about turning them loose. And a lot of times, you know, it's lazy parenting. You know, it, it used to be where you would just stick them in front of a TV because you didn't want to deal with them because, oh, look, screen, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, my kids walk by a screen and they're, they just rubberneck, you know. They just turn their head straight to, oh, look, it's a screen, you know, because uh, it, it's just something that it just sucks them right in, you know. Mm -hmm. It takes their attention from it. And I think it is important to make sure that uh, we don't get lazy. And then, of course, there, there comes, it's a young adult issue as well. Uh, what's the first thing you grab, your cell phone or your Bible in the morning? Uh, what's the last thing you grab, your Bible or your cell phone? What, what are you doing with it? Uh, where's your value? What, what is your, you know, <laughs> your validation in life? Are you getting that from technology or are you getting it from your Christianity and your relationship with God? Well, obviously you're talking about va uh, being validated. You're talking about identity. You're talking about worth. A lot of people, they're, when we think technological dangers, we may think of, you know, internet pornography or inappropriate relationships, busting up marriages, things like that. But a lot of it just happens from social media interaction and, you know, creating too much of a vested interest on a platform like that, where that is your life rather than face-to-face -face contact. Have you dealt with people that are just, they didn't know how to interact with people because the only interaction they had was with people through a screen? For sure. Uh, a lot of communication today, they're is no ability to have an eye-to-eye -eye conversation with people yeah. because they're used to being behind a screen. And uh, it, is, it has disrupted uh, a natural flow of communication. It has disrupted relationships where we'll actually text each other while we're sitting next to each other. I mean, I know boyfriend and girlfriend that will text each other while sitting next to each other. Uh, I've dealt with relationships in the home and marriages, yeah. uh, parent-to-child uh, relationships where uh, they don't even know, they don't even talk. They text husband to wife. They do not talk. They only text each other. Uh, what time's dinner? You know, uh, all yeah. of these kind of things where they're actually home. We're not talking about the husband at work saying what time's dinner. We're talking about the husband in the house uh, that's in the basement or in mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the, the man cave and uh, what time's dinner. And it's like, you know, your husband, your wife is right upstairs, you know. But so a lot of times it's, it's disrupted just basic flow of communication. And in regards to the value thing, we have created, I say we, uh, the world has created a forum of fantasy that has really just swooped in our young people to where they don't have value with what they accomplish. They have their, what they accomplish in the Lord, they have their value in what the world thinks of them. Hmm. And so this fantasy has robbed young people from the ability to really be validated in obedience and validated in ethic and validated in character. They're now validated by a like or a click or a view. They're validated on the, the world's forum of acceptance 
And uh, it's, a, it's just a dangerous place to live. It's a toy land. Mm-hmm. It's a fantasy toy land. And it's really disrupted the Christian's ability to, to influence. I'm not saying there's not a, a, a venue that you can influence the world through technology because you can. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% for that. But when it comes to being uh, you and I as the child of God, getting our value from what the world thinks about us as opposed to who we are in Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. You talked about a fantasy land. I'm, you want to illustrate your point here. Um, I was out soul the other day and a guy answered the door. Similar age to me, I imagine. He works a job with a company that's very successful, but he's working from home right now due to, you know, you know the pandemic and all the fear about that. And he talked to me about, oh, yeah, my friends, you know, I hang out with them. And then he talked about how to visit his friends. He has to fly to New Zealand. And I just the general sense of the conversation, I got right. the fact that this man does not have any friends that live <laughs> here. Right. Right. His friends are all that he, people he met online while he's gaming. Right. And he has to fly to New Zealand to have friends. Right. That's really sad. And that is a fantasy land. He has fantasy friends. Right. He has no real personal relationships, maybe other than family relationships, but he doesn't have any friends. And that's just incredibly sad to me. Talk to me a little bit about accountability. Um, obviously, we talked about the you know illustration of, you know, you know, just like handing a gun to your child, you want to make sure there's accountability, adult supervision. But with your children, as, uh, with your children with technology, you want to give them accountability. But is accountability strictly only for children? Do you ever get a, to a point in your life where you're not accountable to somebody about your online interactions? No, I think your life should be uh, a constant accountability. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's something that is what we would call horizontal accountability, where there is. Mm-hmm. It uh, could be a peer-to-peer or uh, an authority-to-peer or an authority-to-parishioner, pastoral-to-parishioner type of accountability to where, I, no, I want to keep these walls of accountability in my life. But then, and that's important, you know, especially if you know this is a weakness or a temptation uh, that, no, I can't have certain things. If you can't control something, then you don't participate in it. You just have to say no to yourself. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, though, uh, it, we lose the ability to, of self-control and we lose the ability where we're, we're constantly living in a world where uh, we have to have somebody telling us no, as opposed to having a relationship with God to where we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit of God mm. and, and his promptings in our life that says, you really, you really don't need to be part of that. You really don't need to go there. You know where this is going to take you. Uh, the Holy Spirit, if we would le- if we would yield to that still small voice in our lives, we could avoid a life of heartache. And we we all could share illustrations where the Holy Spirit was like, "You don't need to do that," and we're like, "Yeah, but everybody else is." Or mm-hmm. you don't need to go there, but I don't want to be the oddball out. Well, you shouldn't do this, and we we come up with excuses. We argue with the Holy Spirit of God. And I advocate for that kind of accountability. There's wonderful tools uh, in the world of technology that can help uh, create that environment of safety where you can use it in a good way. But no technology or no security in this world will ever reproduce what a saved, born-again child of God has in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And if we would just slow down long enough to say, all right, Lord, I don't want to set anything before mine eyes. Uh, that is going to cause me to destroy your perfect will for my life. I don't, I, I have such a love for you 
and your will for my life, that I don't want any idols uh, to be set up, any distractions to be set up in my life. And that's a daily battle. It's something that we have to mm-hmm. cast those uh, idols down in our lives and we have to go back to the source in our relationship with God, our love for God and say, all right, love, our God, I, I, I want to love you today. I want to prove my love to you today with what I think, with what I say, and with what I do. And it's a blessing to watch young people today who've taken that. Uh, it, back in the day when I was a youth pastor, uh, there, was, there was young people that would, that would, and we preached it hard, but they would say, you know what, I can't, I, I can't handle the cell phone. I know I can't handle that cell phone. I can't handle going to this place or doing this. And I watch how they listen to the Holy Spirit of God in their life and how God is using them in the ministry and in marriages and in homes and in business and in so many avenues today. They're very successful because they learned self-control where it's not a negative thing. It's a positive way to manage life being led by the Spirit of God. Hmm, That's powerful. I mean, you can listen to an authority tell you no. But what's better than that is to listen to your ultimate authority, you know, God and the Holy Spirit to tell you no. And the neat thing about it is that God gives us those authorities for a period of time Mm -hmm. to where we learn we're told no. And we don't like it, but we're told no. Uh, If I told my four-year-old, you stay out of the road, to a degree he doesn't understand why I can't because the ball went to the other side. Uh, What he will eventually realize, dad said no because I'm going to get squashed like a bug if I get hit by a car Mm -hmm. running in the road. And if you're not careful as a young person or even as an adult, you're, you're limited by your own, uh, your own ability to comprehend the purpose of authority and that authority was given for a period of time and you still should have it, pastoral uh, authority for accountability and protection in your life. But man, nothing can reproduce. No, I don't need to do this. I need to, I need to stay out of the proverbial highway of social media or technological dangers. I can't meddle with that world that goes down the wrong path because I'm going to get smart. I'm going to get smushed like a bug. And when it's done, uh, you're just wasted substance. Yeah. And I think another illustration for this, if you've got an addiction to, you know, social media or pornography or something like that, it's, it's like somebody who's trying to quit cigarettes and yet having a pack on you all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're genuinely trying to quit, then you're not going to have that with you. Uh, and you're going to keep some distance between you and the thing you're trying to avoid. Yet with a cell phone, it's always in our pocket. We carry it with us everywhere we go. And it's just, it's just a recipe for disaster for sure. Can you talk a little bit about uh, this issue of free speech? <laughs> you know, this is another danger of social media. And this is, a, this is a problem bigger than just a couple people talking on a podcast, obviously. Can you give us your perspective on this issue of free speech on the Internet? Well, sometimes Christians are extremely naive. We can all be naive to the agenda of the devil and how he uses technology to strip us from our God-given rights. Uh, What we've seen take place over the last several weeks and even months and going back several years has been the deception of the devil to get us to be involved in levels of technology Mm -hmm. that are his playground. And he got us into his playground and now... He's using billionaires uh, to be uh, and create a level of us being pawns to where now they dictate to us what we can say, what we can think, and how we can operate. And it's amazing how Christians are a big part of this where our refusal to accept or admit or acknowledge that there's a bigger work here than just my association with friends in New Zealand 
there's a bigger work here of the devil trying to suppress our thought life, our Christianity, mm-hmm. our freedom of speech. So what it is, is an ideological attack on, on really the word of God. Uh, so you bring it back to reality and they're coming for Christians. And technology is, is one of the ways they're doing it. They want to mute anybody who not only disagrees with them, but would have the audacity to hold a biblical perspective of life mm-hmm. and actually believe that the Word of God is the Word of God. And so free speech is, is, has been under attack, will be under attack. And as long as Christians continue to be naive and navigate in the devil's playground with a lot of technology, we're only hurting ourselves with our freedom of speech and ultimately the muting of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to mute the gospel. And many people say, well, I'm on there and I use it as a tool for the gospel. Amen. Mm-hmm. In comparison to how much time do you use it as a tool or as a toy? Uh, the, the tool thing's okay. Yeah. Uh, but the toy thing is often where we're wasting time and we're, we actually get to the point where we've refused. They can take our rights away and we will complain about it, but we won't do anything about it. We'll still visit their, their venue. Mm-hmm. We'll still operate in their playground and cry about how they're stripping our rights, but yet use their, use their forums um, to facilitate an alternate life as opposed to maybe I should just turn this phone off and actually go knock on a door or hand somebody face-to-face a gospel mm-hmm. track. There are so many people that are screaming for attention because they realize the fantasy world that they live in is not cutting it, and they need mm-hmm. to know about Jesus Christ. And so we can keep hiding behind a screen, or we can go do something. It has its advantages. It has, it has advantages, uh, technology. But often the dangers uh, are limiting uh, who and what we should be doing as Bible-believing Christians. Perfect. You're, you went right where I, where I was going to go with it. You know, the idea of if the gospel is being hindered on the Internet, you know where it can't be hindered? Face-to-face personal interactions. We just had a missionary here for our missions conference, Micah McCurry, and he's an expert uh, on online, you know, and social media promotion of events and things like that and has, you know, done very well by it. But he also understands the importance of the personal face-to-face, you know, interaction because he's in charge of Bible Tracks Incorporated and you can't, nobody can take that away from you. Right. You can't take away personal interaction, but they can take away your, your voice on a social media platform. So. And if they do it on a social media platform, you actually get to the point where you believe what they're telling you that you can't say must be okay. And you're actually silencing yourself. Hmm. And that's not what a Christian should do. We should be proud of who we are in Jesus Christ, understanding we are the ones that have the hope. There's so many influencers on social media today that are young, 18s, and they're in their teens, they're in their 20s, and really on a weekly basis you hear them committing suicide because they're, they're living in a fake world that is so empty. Mm-hmm. And we as Christians have an opportunity to make a difference, and we can do it in a long-lasting, eternal way through Jesus Christ, and we got to get busy. That's right. So if you heard that, YouTube, it doesn't matter what we talk about, you can't silence us. So check out our other episodes and other conversations with Pastor Kavanaugh on our YouTube channel and also on the audio-only platforms. And we look forward to you joining us again. Thank you so much for watching.